Welcome to the Faithful Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Megan Weinkoff, and this is a show for leaders in the trenches. Together, we'll explore the stories of those who have faced the fires of hell and emerged with the spirit unbroken, fighting to stay joyful and grateful. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting your journey, the Faithful Leader Show inspires, guides, and reminds you that you're never alone. Together, let's forge a path to compassionate and courageous faithful leadership. Welcome to the Faithful Leader Podcast. I am so thrilled to have Leslie Klingenfeld today with us. She is an amazing leader, and she's going to share more about who she is. So, Les, take it away. Yeah, thanks, Meg. My name is Leslie Klingenpeel. I'm the executive director for The Spring. We are a victim service provider for victims of human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. And we have an emergency crisis shelter uh, to provide wraparound services to those demographics of uh, people experiencing those issues. And so I'm also the leadership co-chair for the Oklahoma Coalition Against Trafficking. So I help serve um, and kind of lead the way for the coalition statewide to help build the capacity of services for victims um, of human trafficking in our state. And so that is where I sit currently and where I lead currently. Um, Oh, I also help lead an organization internationally. Um, It's called Place of Refuge Global, and we have an orphanage in West Africa. So I help oversee our international staff over there as well. That's my volunteer leadership job. Um, But my journey to leadership has kind of been an uphill battle. I started out um, on staff at a church here locally, and there was not many opportunities for leader, women, female leaders within that church setting, but really started feeling the call to leadership just through my work in ministry and an opportunity um, opened itself here at the spring for me to step into a leadership position here. So while I've led without a title for a long, long, long time, I officially um, do get to lead my organization or our organization here at the spring. I love that. And I'm on the board at the spring. So I have the unique privilege and opportunity to see your leadership in action. And just want to affirm that you are incredible and love what you do, and you're making such a difference in our community and in the world. So thank you. Thanks, Meg. The honor is ours to have you on our board. So thank you for serving. So October is you know Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we're leading up to the walk here, the Walk for Freedom on October 14th at, at the Assembly in downtown Broken Arrow. So I just wanted to ask, like, what prompted you to get into the movement And why should other people get involved? Oh, my goodness. I could say so much about this. Yeah, go. (laughs) Yeah. So I think as I've reflected on my personal life and done a lot of self-reflection and a lot of hard work through counseling and all the things um, that I've done to really understand that I was born with um, just justice at heart and a heart for advocating for the marginalized. I never like to say be a voice for the voiceless because they have a voice, but sometimes they don't have seats at tables uh, to be able to advocate for themselves. And so I've kind of been that by nature, just by birth, my every, my whole worldview lens is filtered through justice. And I think in our day and age, um, human trafficking is the modern day slavery. I mean, people in mass rates are being, trafficked and um, enslaved through their vulnerabilities, exploited through their, you know, vulnerabilities. And I just have a passion to 
bring change about that. And so the walk for freedom is a way that we can locally mobilize the army of people we have in our community who have access to resources, who have access to platforms um, and spaces in which we can elevate those voices of survivors and of victims. Um, So I've been drawn to the movement just through by nature, I'm an advocate, right? And so with the opportunity to step in and kind of lead the space in Oklahoma in victim services for human trafficking really aligned well with my just makeup and my values and the things that I'm passionate about. And so while I get to do it as a paid job, I say I don't work a day in my life because it's just what I what I love to do and feel a calling and an obligation to. So excited to partner with a global organization um, to bring awareness here locally in a grassroots, grassroots kind of way. I love that. So if you could, if, if people out there, you know, they, they don't know how to get involved, like what's the first first thing that you would tell them? Oh my gosh. My first thing I would tell them is um, get educated, right? A lot of people have a wild misconception of what trafficking looks like and a misconception that it's not happening in our community. And I'm here to tell you, I have a whole job because it is, right? Um, So I would say get educated and a way to do that is to connect with places like The Walk, who's going to bring awareness, going to bring education. Um, They're bringing in experts, subject matter experts on this so that you can begin to learn what it looks like in your community. You can't help if you don't have a clear understanding of what it looks like or what you're looking for. And so I would say connect through the walk or connect through local organizations who are trusted and um, certified and knowledgeable to do this work to educate you. And once you have the education on the subject, um, I think that's where you begin to determine where you can add value to the movement, right? It may be being an ambassador in your child's school, or maybe you're just teaching your kids at home preventative measures, you know, things like that. So I think the first step is getting educated and that is the walk is a great way to do that. Awesome. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit because I know that you have had challenges in your leadership journey. So I would love for you to share, you know, a time that you know, seemed insurmountable, a challenge, and how, how you fought for joy and gratitude during that, that period, because it's hard. And that's what this podcast is all about, to walk alongside leaders while they're in the trenches and make sure that we're, you know, showing up and being healthy and understanding that we're all in this together and that it's it's normal to, to go through hard times and we can do hard things, but how do we um, do it well? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I have had a lot of challenges in my leadership. I think the Lord likes to call me to transition in difficult spaces. That seems to be what I keep finding myself in. Um, but one of, I think, the the most recent that I can recall is just when our organization that I'm at now um, went through a change of leadership. And I think anytime an organization goes through a change at the top, Uh, whether it's a good change or whether it's a bad change, it rocks the boat. And bringing people around um, healthy change management is incredibly difficult because we have all kinds of different personalities, all kinds of levels of understanding of change, uh, risk-averse people on our team, people who love change and thrive in it. And so when I found myself as the assistant director in the middle of a leadership transition here at the spring and was asked to step in as interim executive director. I don't think I could have ever imagined the challenge it takes or the effort it takes to 
lead an organization and a group of staff and team members and board members through um, an organizational shift and change. So um, it was exhausting. It was weary. It was not fun. Um, Lots of people had differing opinions on how we should move forward. And so really um, not looking for consensus, but looking for buy-in was really a thing that I had to keep reminding myself is you're never going to get consensus with a group of people, right? That you're trying to lead. Um, But you can create opportunity for buy-in. And I always say people buy into what they help create. So really allowing people across the organization to have a voice and to have input and to to hear their position and their perspective um, to be heard, right? And for them to speak into where we're going and how we're going to get there really helped us all become into alignment. And we're two and a half years into the transition. And I feel like we're just now getting alignment across all of our team members, right? So how did I keep joy? Oh my goodness. I just had to keep going back to the last time that I knew the Lord told me I was to do this because I wanted to quit a lot. And I had to keep saying, has the Lord released you? No, go back to the last time that you knew you heard from the Lord. And it was, he said, I've called you to this, right? I've called you to walk through this. And so um, I also had to remember that like, yeah, I'm called to lead this organization, but if I were to leave or be removed or to be morbid, get hit by a bus suddenly, it's still going to go on. Like, I don't have to bear all this weight. I'm not by myself. There's people around me, right? Like it, the, it will still go on. Everybody will be fine if I got hit by a bus tomorrow. Like I don't have to carry the weight of this all depends on me. I have a team of people. Um, I have the Lord, if you, you know, are a believer. And I just had to lay that down every day when I went home and say, it's not my job to carry this. It's my job to steward it um, in the in the times that I'm asked to steward it. And so healthy boundaries also. Um, work needed to stay at work. Um, my, my mental health, my family, all of those things had to take priority even in seasons of 80-hour weeks and all of those things. I had to make sure those seasons didn't stretch out, right, and become a year or a lifetime. Um, So setting healthy boundaries and just remembering, like, yeah, I'm called to leave, but at the end of the day, it will still go on if I leave, and so to not carry that burden. No, that's really good. To follow up on that, too, as I know that you're in a lot of difficult conversations um, quite frequently, with people at the state level, uh, even internationally, uh, nationally, you just got back from a, a conference and, and pers- I wouldn't say like persuading people, but having uh, conversations that are saying, okay, advocating for victims or putting yourself in um, these places and at these tables where it is hard sometimes. So I would love for you to talk to that. I know you're not one to back down from conflict. However, like how, how as a leader, how has that helped you uh, become resilient, stay resilient, and and show others maybe a different mindset uh, in regards to the work that you do? Yeah, that's a really great question. I do find myself, sometimes I have to like say, is this reality? Am I really sitting at these tables and having the, you know, these conversations with these people? And, um, but I, I've had to learn, I think through my, my journey and my challenge of maybe not being invited to tables for a while and feeling like 
I, I had something to, I had leadership abilities and I had things that I could offer, but them not really being welcomed in. I had to learn early on that when I had those opportunities, um, I had to choose my words very carefully. And I just always thought to myself, you have one shot, you have one bullet here, right? And what do you need them to hear and be succinct about that? And so I will always choose my words very carefully. And I've always, um, loved the scripture that even a fool seems wise if they keep their mouth shut. And so um, I always like think about that, like listen, 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 and then speak in and be very succinct with your thought, right? And say like, if I need them to capture one thing, what is the message I need them to hear and walk away with? And when I'm in those situations and at those tables, you can learn a lot through listening, right? And you can see pretty quickly where the conflict is happening and then to be a person that can just deliver clearly maybe a mutual ground for both sides um, or maybe a mutual ground where you're like, they're not hearing me on this. Um, but if I could just offer this one thing, if I could just get them to hear this one thing. And so those are kind of my fil- my filters as I'm at those tables. Um, I never want to be the person that people stop listening to because I'm saying a whole bunch of words, but not really saying anything at all. Um, so I try to just be very succinct and clear in my messaging and just remember if I only get one chance to open my mouth, what do I need them to hear? And so that's how I kind of navigate those, those conversations. Yeah, that's good. And then, I mean, the, the work that's happening at the spring and the people in, in your care, how do you develop resilience and show them how to live with joy and gratitude whenever you're facing really hard things every single day, but also this life changing and transformation is happening. So you have both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, I think, you know, I just had this conversation this morning with one of our um, counselors in our one-on-one meetings that we were doing and really just balancing, helping the people we serve to realize that They've been stripped of all of their dignity, all of their autonomy, all of their power. And restoring that to them can be incredibly overwhelming, right? They can get a paralysis by analysis, you know, but helping to equip them and remind them of, you know, you speak about resiliency and I always joke and say, I'm going to go get my PhD. I'm not actually, I'm joking, Meg, but I would love to do it on resiliency because I think that it all relies on if you find your motivation from like eccentric or intrinsic. Yes, those are the words. Those are hard words. Where does your motivation come from? And helping them see like, you have this power. Like, yes, this happened to you, but you hold the cards to how you respond to it, right? And so resiliency with the clients we see really comes from us giving them, the cards are stacked against you, the deck stacked against you. But here's the tools for you to take back that control and then you hold the keys to your future, you know, like we, we will be here to tear down those barriers for you. We will be there to fill in the gaps and services where the odds are stacked against you. But ultimately, you have the power to to make, you know, a difference or to change the trajectory. And so really walking through that with our clients and helping hold that motivation and that hope for them when we need to, and then really giving it back to them quickly so that they can navigate that. Um, And just remembering like, we're not the saviors. We're not saving anyone. Um, They, they are, we just get to provide the tools to them. And so 
helping to navigate that with people in the worst times of their life is hard. But if we just always remember, we're here to empower them. Um, we're here to assist them, but teaching them, teach a man to fish, right? And just give the handout or do it for them, but say like, no, you are strong and you can do this. Um, and we're going to be here to walk alongside of you all the way, um, I think is that, that tension that we hold. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's good. So self-care and as a leader. So what do you do? What are some practical things that you do as a leader to take care of yourself so then you can care for the ones that you lead? Yeah. So one of the things I've had to really learn um, is determining what is urgent and what is important. Not all things that are urgent are important, vice versa. Really having to protect my schedule in that regard. Um, not just re being reactive to everything, but really being proactive. Um, that has been eye-opening in the nonprofit leader space because we're all things. We're janitor, we're accountant, right? We're all of these things. So really having to determine, is this, this might seem urgent, but is it really important? Um, that's the first thing I would say, protecting that schedule. Always leaving space, as crazy as this sounds, um, for reflection and thinking. Like I need time on my calendar and part of my job is to self-reflect on what has happened and to think, <laughs> like slow down and process, right? Um, and I know this, like most of the time self-care answers are like, I go get a pedicure, I'm going to go to a, you know, spa. But I think building these rhythms into your life is self-care, right? Like in ensuring these things. The other thing I would say is I've had to be very intentional about not working when I'm at home. Um, like if someone sends me a text message and it's about work, I'm usually not going to respond um, unless it's like an emergency or, you know, something like that. And so just being very, you teach people how to treat you. If you're constantly answering your phone at 12 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night, or like they're going to keep doing it. If you don't respond, usually they can figure it out themselves. Right. So, um, so building that in, and then I do CrossFit and I see um, a counselor. So those are kind of my outlets of I like to I like to exercise and be in with people when I do that. And I see a counselor um, in a proactive way, not in a the sky's falling. Now I need to go get some therapy. Right. I want to keep the sky from falling. So I go to see a counselor. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, who doesn't have a counselor? And if you don't, I'm kind of leery of your leadership. No. Right. <laughs> we all need help. Yes. Um, that way. That's good. Yeah. And if you ever do want to do that study on resiliency, we can, we can absolutely make that happen. I want to. <laughs> I keep going up and I'm like, I just think it's like, yeah, it's fast. It's fascinating. So yeah. Well, so, yeah, put that in the parking lot for now, but, um, so, I mean, you are a faithful leader to me. You are the epitome of a faithful leader. You keep showing up and you keep doing hard things. You keep leaning in. And I love that about you. So I would love to know, like, who or what inspires you or inspire and to keep going? Golly, that's a really good question. I mean, I think like I would be lying if I didn't say that my faith plays a huge journey in that. Like my one of my top spiritual gifts is faith. Um, I I just firmly believe that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I would rather keep leaning in, keep doing hard things and keep being faithful to my calling 
um, then be out of alignment with what the Lord has gifted me to do and called me to do. Uh, I feel like that would be a more miserable place to be, right? So that motivates me um, just knowing that. And honestly, like what a gift it is to get to do every single day what I feel like I am 100% wired and called to do. Like my job isn't miserable, you know, my, my job is amazing. And I, it's because I'm walking in alignment with how the Lord has wired me and gifted me and, and called me to do. And so, um, but you know, I have a book over here that Allie got for me, our shelter manager. It's not, a, it's right here. Where is it? So it's, I don't want to get up. It's bad, bad girls throughout history, but not bad in like the worst way, but like the women who have rocked the boat, broke the mold, crashed the ceiling, right? Like I'm not a feminist, but I am like team girl. And I just look forward to the people of like history's made by people who are like, we're going to stay the course. Like just when you're about to hit a breakthrough is usually when people quit. And so um, in, inspiring women who have gone before me through scripture, right? The amazing women fearful, fearless leaders we've seen in scripture, um, just the iconic women who have changed the trajectory of our country and the fabric of our nation because of their, their courage to keep pushing forward in hard spaces. So I like to consider myself a trailblazer. I'm like, if it's not, if that path isn't there, fine, we'll get a machete and we'll just, that's my Africa speaking. We'll get a machete and just hack that trail down, right? Let's just go do it. So um, yeah, maybe I'm crazy, but that's what keeps me motivated. No, well, no, I mean you're obviously in good company here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's good. Well, I, I mean, we're starting to wrap it up, but some people that listened are students, emerging leaders. Others are have been doing leadership a while. But what's one thing that you would leave uh, with the our listeners today, like an action step? Action step. Um, here's what I would say. Your desk is not big enough for everything to come across it. Delegate, bring people around you, empower and hand off and hand off tasks, not for the sake of it, them getting done, but for the sake of you giving other people opportunity to use their gifts around you. And you will be unstoppable if you just empower people around you to use their gifts, to walk in calling with you and don't try to do it all or control it all. That's what I would leave. And I'm very sorry about my notifications going off. I hit do not disturb and they're still coming through. So, so sorry. We're, we're all about authenticity here. So, and not being perfect, right? right? Yes. Nobody likes There's the other one. You're not perfect and you no, can still be perfect. professional and have your notifications going off. Totally fine. Totally fine. You know, all the grace here for sure. Well, I've loved having you on the show. You're yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And I'm glad that we get the <laughs> journey together for sure. So how can people connect with you? Oh, yeah. You can always go to the springok.org. Um, everything you need to know about our staff, our team, our board, um, what we do, our services. If you needed someone to come speak to your staff, your team, you, your ministry about domestic violence, human trafficking. Um, we're there to help. That's what we love to do. We'd love to work ourselves out of a job. So if you ever need anyone to come speak on those things, we would love to do that. Um, yeah, at thespringok.org or on our socials. You can follow us, Instagram, 
Facebook if you're my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn, all those ways. Awesome. Well, thank you, Les. Yeah, you guys are great.